when you step foot on our suite, you get it within two minutes. You feel the green move, you see the video game graphics project on the green and immerse you into a laser light field, and then you start playing these games and you get it right away. Lasers, virtual and augmented reality, immersive video projection, gamification, user experience, prototyping, and human-centric design. These may not be words or terms you think could relate to the future of golf, but Darren Dummett certainly does. Darren is the co-founder and CEO of Golfstream, a Los Angeles-based startup that embeds technical innovation with a multi-sensory golf gameplay environment. On this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast, we learn how Golfstream takes the best elements of golf, then inspires a bunch of coders, user experience designers, and rocket scientists to create an engaging indoor entertainment platform that appeals to a younger audience. Yep, you heard that right, actual rocket scientists. And don't forget about those lasers. All right, let's get started. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome everyone to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with golf's top influencers, entrepreneurs, innovators, and disruptors about their vision to reimagine, transform, and grow the game. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Golfstream co-founder and CEO, Darren Dummett. Hi, Darren. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Hi, Colin. It's my pleasure to join a uh, quality lineup that has already featured some of our partners, and uh, we'll have some of our other partners on the back end, so I hope I can do my end to uh, live up to my surroundings and the high bar that you've already set. Uh, it's, uh, it's very kind of you to say that, Darren. appreciate that very much. Well, let's get right into it here. So, uh, so Golfstream refers to itself as the world's first indoor laser golf course and private lounge. So to get us started here, can you please tell me a bit about yourself and give us an overview of what you created with Golfstream? Sure thing. I'd be happy to. So I, um, so I was into sports all my life, you know, played basketball growing up, then played golf, then played every sport, covered basketball while I was in college at UT Austin, and then uh, wrote on sports and law while I was at law school at uh, Vanderbilt. And then I practiced law for eight years. I was representing the American Golf Corporation, uh, doing employment law, but always wanting a little something more and a little something involved in the sports and entertainment world. And then I met with an old friend of mine from junior high high school, uh, Samir Gupta. We went to Harvard Westlake out in uh, Los Angeles, and he had uh, he had started a bunch of companies, and, and we started talking about the state of the golf industry, the state of the entertainment industry. And uh, that's how Golfstream came in to being. So to sort of answer the second part of your question, we were looking at all of uh, these barriers that we've talked about ad nauseum. You know, the people don't have five to six hours anymore. They don't want to be disconnected from their cell phones. And in particular, millennials, younger people, they're used to video games. They're used to positive success loops. They're used to positive reinforcement. And, and they consume the game in a different way. So we saw what other uh, innovators, disruptors had been doing in the market, the top golfs of the world, and, and said, well, why don't we use technology to try to decrease that footprint even more and then, and then try to uh, further gamify the experience for golfers and non-golfers. Essentially, get clubs into people's hands and grow the game that way because as we all know as golfers, once you hit that first shot and the uh, tuning fork rings inside of you, uh, you're going to be hooked. And so that's what we uh, set about doing. So we, uh, we teamed up with our third co-founder, uh, Michael Brenner, who was a, uh, <laughs> a rocket scientist 
scientist at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is the Advanced Science Division of NASA, and he gobbled together a team of, of rocket scientists who created a technological platform that we have that consists of moving greens and then projectors above you that shine down video game graphics on the green. And this essentially places you inside of a video game, inside of Golden Tee, so you see your best fit line of your putt projected onto the green. And it tracks ball movement, it tracks player movement, it tracks body movement, all of that stuff. And then we use VR golf simulators that you've seen at every Roger Dunn shop. And so you can play tee to green golf, and that's fine for you and me, Colin, but yes. uh, not fine for my wife or half of my friends. Uh, because it can be a slow, clunky experience. So, so we create these mini-games, almost like Madden Skills challenges, that we can get into 30-second putting challenges, scoring zones around the hole, etc., so that people of all skill levels uh, can compete against each other, uh, can, can have fun with each other, and uh, they can eat and drink in a very uh, social group environment. So you've taken a bunch of rocket scientists and they've gamified the golf experience. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to use technology in order to uh, gamify uh, sports, and then and then what better way to start than in the golf industry that we all love and uh, that we all know has its pain points. That the sort of old guard is now sort of truly happy to uh, start looking into and uh, embracing. Nice. Well, I've had the pleasure of spending some time in your LA warehouse space, seeing your prototype, that's what you want to call it, as a, as a startup, and working through that process and with your prototype as a minimum viable product, but a, an awesome minimum viable product, because when we were there for a couple hours, we, we had a great time. Uh, so why don't we start with that? And we'll work through this, of where you are now and what you've built and where you're going with this. But tell me a bit about the early days of Gulfstream, of getting into the, that LA space space and why you went there and, and what you really learned and what that purpose that served for you at the beginning. Yeah. Well, at first, my co-founder, Samir Gupta, and I, we were thinking of, of uh, recreating a tee to green golf. That was our main goal. And we were thinking, you know, basically on, along the lines of bowling alleys with these long greens and then a big lounge area and then VR simulators and create venues right away. But what do we have to do? We have we got to find some rocket scientists. We got to find someone who could build these things and then start to craft the software uh, behind the experience. So we raised a little bit of money and we got a team together and we built our first prototype green about two years ago now and chose a great space in Los Angeles, uh, the downtown LA uh, arts district. And uh, since we came in there, Uber is now moving in down the street. Uh, Hyperloop is is down the street, and it's sort of becoming a uh, uh, one of those uh, trendy spots, in particular for the tech scene and the tech sort of startup scene in uh, Los Angeles. I mean, it's really kind of been the last three to five years. It's been pretty inspiring. I just ask anyone who's down here. And so uh, we brought in a green. We brought in a twenty by twelve green. Then we started getting people playing on it, and uh, we realized, wait a second, they don't need a 40-foot putt. In fact, a 20-foot putt is hard enough, and we want positive reinforcement. And we said, so we don't need anything larger than a 20 by 12 green. Why don't we put the VR simulator on top of the green? Why don't we put the lounge area attached to the green? And voila, we have a suite that is within 700 square feet that can go into any casino, any sports stadium, any airport, any hotel restaurant, any top golf drive shack, any uh, a cruise ship. 
and we went about creating these games and quite honestly a lot of the games that we created were born out of the technology not working right away so what do we do we create games just like people have been doing since the beginning of time i remember uh during the british open rain delay we saw some of the golfers last year throwing balls from off the green, trying to roll it in, trying uh, to throw it in to the hole. Well, that's one of our most popular games. We have hand golf. We have relay races where it's almost like flip cup where, where you team up and you have one person uh, putt the ball until they make it. You have one person roll the ball until they make it. And then someone has to throw the ball in uh, uh, like a beer pong shot, if you will. So that's sort of how we started doing it. And we started bringing people in, everyone we knew. We started bringing uh, uh, strategic partnerships in. We started learning. And we started with the player experience. And we hope to never, you know, abandon that as our main priority. You know, all this technology is great, but we need the player experience to be great. And much uh, to our pleasant uh, surprise, we knew the golfers would like it. But it was all the non-golfers that really said, wait a second, we'd go do this. Uh, we'd bring our group of friends. We'd bring our company to this. I could do do this for two hours and now I can go to the uh, course with my friends and I cannot feel so out of place and I cannot feel right. so lost. And, and I will say when I had the chance in LA to uh, to play Golfstream, we did put the putters aside and uh, your Golfstream colleagues there that were uh, that hosted us that day, they said, hey, we got to We got to play this this other game we have here where we're <laughs> rolling the balls and playing hand golf. And we're like, what, really? It's like, OK, sure. So being, you know, polite guests, we went along with it. And it was awesome. We got six of us just rolling balls. There's balls everywhere. People are screaming and hooting and hollering. And and the challenge was on. You managed to gamify that. And it was ridiculously fun. Well, yes. Well, well, well and I know that no one ever uh, uh, mentioned any wagers at that time, right? Because right. that just wouldn't be uh, uh, in line with golf, would it, Colin? No, Darren. I, I would never consider laying down a golf wager with my buddies during a round. Okay, perhaps once or twice. On that note, we'll discuss wagering and competition as we work through the Gulfstream journey here. So let's move on to the next step. So once you've managed to prove this out in your uh, with your prototype, and I know you're you're constantly evolving and tweaking and pivoting with that as uh, as you go. That that's that is a dynamic, fluid prototype to build it out to the next level and test other things. But once you actually got that locked down and got the investment and proved out that uh, with partners that this was viable and that customers and guests wanted this experience. Then you formed a partnership in Las Vegas with the MGM Grand. So why don't you tell us a bit about that and where that is and also where, and then we'll talk later about where, where that's going and the exciting things after that. So why don't we start yeah. with, with the relationship you have with MGM and also with, with Level Up? Yeah, well, we, um, we actually did a road show. Uh, we did a, uh, a mobile road show um, last year around the Super Bowl time. Started up up in San Francisco for the Wheels Up uh, Super Bowl party there. I got a great reception there. Uh, Drew Brees, Kirk Herbstreet, Shaq, um, a lot of celebrities, and just good old salt-of-the-earth regular people, of course, enjoying right. it. And then we brought it down to Las Vegas. And we were at the uh, TaylorMade Golf Experience for about two weeks. And at that time, um, we were introduced to MGM Grand. And they were telling us some stuff that was very interesting about Las Vegas that we didn't know at the time. That Las Vegas is now making, well, the casinos on the Strip are now making the majority of their money not from traditional gaming slot machines and tables, but from the nightclubs and the pool cabanas and the restaurants yes, and the yes. like. 
people who are spending this money are younger and they want to uh, gamble and consume entertainment in uh, different ways. They want to do it uh, more socially. They want to do it on things they enjoy. So there's there's this need and want across Las Vegas for skill-based gaming so that they can attract this younger clientele. And so what Scott Sabella and Justin Andrews from MGM set about doing was creating a space called the uh, Level Up Lounge. And right. it's where the old Rainforest Cafe space was. It is in the MGM Grand in between uh, the Sportsbook and the Hakkasan Nightclub. And what it is, is it's the home of skill-based gaming. It's going to be the new home of VRAR on the Casino Strip. And we were happy to... Uh, to form a partnership, and we went into the MGM Grand, into Level Up uh, Lounge, where we are the only place you can get a reservation, the only place you can book a corporate event, and the only place that you can get food within that entire lounge. We went in there um, January, February of this year, and, and we've been open for about three or four months now, and have gotten uh, some uh, pretty positive feedback. That's amazing. So, so we understand here, you have one... Gulfstream Bay in there, or you have multiple? You have yes. So we have one Gulfstream suite um, that, at any one time, houses groups of up to twelve people, and we also hold group events, corporate events for up to fifty people using the adjacent space down below. And have you found? Because you've been open what a couple months now. You opened in February, did you? Is that that correct? That's correct. Yes. Right. So in that time, you've had a chance to get some data and get some feedback on this. So what have you learned that you didn't know before? What was one of the pleasantly surprising things that did work and maybe something that you've realized now perhaps doesn't work as well as you move forward and, and can refine and pivot the uh, the product here? Well, there's always things you learn on the uh, technology side that make us better. And just like I um, you know, mentioned a few minutes ago, we always want to focus on player experience. So we want to listen to player feedback, um, not only regarding our games and the experience, but the entire atmosphere around uh, kind of operations and things of that nature. So we've learned quite a bit about how to interact with the operating partners because we treat these uh, suites much uh, like ATM machines, where we we just want to place them into your existing venue, and we want to drive revenue, right? Food and beverage revenue, uh, uh, sponsorship revenue, uh, sweet rental revenue, and we want to drive revenue per square foot. But I think what we've learned not only from our customers, but from the partners here in Vegas whom we are uh, now talking to is that, yeah, the revenue is fine and great as well, but they want some way to attract these people. And these younger people, they don't want to play a blackjack table by themselves where they can't talk on their phone and they have their friends or loved ones uh, standing behind them. They want to uh, interact and it is the group experience that is among the people you know and it's also among the people you don't know. So when there is no reservation, we have a walk-up play where it's almost like a blackjack table. You can come up and it starts at uh, $5 per person per 30 minutes and join others while we cycle people through games. And you see people get to interact with each other, get to know each other. That is something that we didn't exactly have at our prototype unit when we had over three, 4,000 demos and group events. We didn't quite know how people who didn't know each other would interact on the suite, and we've been pleasantly uh, surprised. And I think that comes from the world of golf, where you can get paired with someone and then you have four hours there to learn everything about them and meet great people on the golf course. And we'd like uh, to also have that on the Gulfstream suite. 
I want to go back to one of your earlier comments where you're looking at the progression and the uh, the evolution of casino gaming and the industry realizing and probably realizing for some time, very much like the golf industry, you have to find ways, more engaging ways to connect with that younger audience, that, that millennial audience that aligns with their lifestyles. And it seems like what you're creating here with Golfstream is that beautiful convergence evolving not only golf, but casino gaming. And with that, looking at your website, I did notice quite recently that you've had Golfstream putting challenges where there have been cash prizes and last less than 90 minutes. I'm sure that's as an experiment and you're really going to be busting that out in the next little while. Can you tell us a bit about what you've done already with your putting challenges and expand a bit on, on where that's going with the gaming industry? Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. We did um, just recently have last month. We had the uh, first ever skill-based sports tournament for cash on a Vegas casino floor, and we didn't do this lightly. We actually had the next one last night, and we have we have another one tonight. We didn't do this haphazardly. What we did is we talked with everyone in the gaming industry: gaming attorneys, gaming commissioners, um, gaming consultants, slot machine manufacturer, casino owner operators, and we found out that while everyone wants these true skill-based games, the market's very raw. No one really knows how to do it yet. And they don't really know how to regulate it yet either. They want to regulate it. They're open to regulating it. But like anything, uh, the Gaming Commission needs products in order uh, to write regulations around. So it's it's somewhat of a green field out there. But fortunately, as uh, we talked about, there are already well-established gaming or quasi-gaming uh, platforms around golf, whether it's uh, hole-in-one challenges or, or some other things. So what we did is... We met with everyone and we developed a relationship with a gentleman uh, named Seth Shore. And he is the president of the Downtown Grand Hotel. Uh, but he's also notably uh, the head of the Nevada Esports Alliance. And he is working with the Gaming uh, Commission to establish regulations around gaming, around the billion dollar uh, esports industry. Well, we saw an opportunity and we have created a joint venture company that basically acts as a one-stop shop turnkey for all entertainment products that wish to become skill-based gaming products and that can uh, create new sales channels for these companies into casinos and obviously uh, new revenue streams. And so uh, this entity called Bet On Yourself Gaming We'll be using Gulfstream as as one of its uh, uh, first platforms, and uh, and we intend to work with our partners at MGM. And we started working with the Gaming uh, Commission through sort of every step of betting on yourself that we want to introduce on the Gulfstream suite. So the first step was the aforementioned uh, tournaments, where we uh, we featured one of our uh, thirty second putting challenge games. That's almost like the NBA three point shooting contest, where you've got thirty seconds. You got to make seven different putts that change locations and you have different color balls so that your last three putts they're worth more than your first four and you want to hit that money ball putt so that you can get a chance at the money and then we are working to do future things such as uh, progressive hole-in-one challenges all with the end goal so that you can bet on yourself man versus machine you can bet against the house on 
you know, every putt, every swing, every roll, and every throw. Now, um, that's a lofty goal, but it's one that we think we can attain, and we want to do it with the Nevada Gaming Commission and our casino and and gaming industry partners. We don't want to uh, give them something nine months from now and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Please regulate us. So it's very exciting that everyone in Las Vegas knows that this is how Las Vegas is going, and they know that the Gulfstream platform, not only because it's golf, but also because of our technology team and our uh, willingness to work with everyone, we have a nice plan and and a trajectory to uh, really do something revolutionary in the uh, gaming world. I, I think you do have that opportunity to do just that. I do find it also interesting with the evolution of the uh, skills-based gaming. Is that the right term that I use it, or is that what they're calling it? You got it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really do like this. I know from a, from a personal standpoint, I have spent some time in Las Vegas over the last decade or so on business. And the free time I have, going down to the uh, the casino floor and, and playing games of chance, it, does, it just doesn't work for me. I know lots of people love it, but it doesn't. But the whole idea of actually doing something where I'm the one controlling the outcome and being rewarded for that really resonates with me. So uh, I'm going to be in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. So uh, I hope you'll be able to uh, make a point of squeezing me in, uh, level up to get me in there, to give it a give it a shot there. Well, you know, Colin, no promises. You know, uh, you can make reservations via <laughs> uh, open table, you know, and far be it for me to uh, mess with that reservation process. But I do know a couple people, I'm sure uh, with enough notice, we can fit you in. My man. There we go. Well, I'm certainly not looking at any freebie here as a conflict of interest here with, <laughs> with my objective journalism here on this uh, particular podcast. But with the... Uh, skills-based gaming to kind of connect with yet another group that you're involved in that I know. And this is a group called the Major Series of Putting. And if I can give them a quick backdrop to that, there are a series of qualifiers on golf courses that you can win those putting competitions and then qualify through that in, uh, I believe it's September or even October. You probably know the exact date, Darren. But then they're creating this amazing temporary putting stadium for the final that they're going to be having over the course of a week or even longer. And I understand that you are involved in that experience also with Gulfstream. So whatever you can tell us, this is exciting. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, yeah, it is very exciting. It's called MSOP, uh, the Major Series of Putting, and it's and it's called that part as a nod to the World Series of Poker. Um, the Major Series of Putting is um, was formed as as a subsidiary of uh, Loon Rouge Innovation, which is the fund started uh, by Cirque du Soleil founder uh, Guy La Liberté. Okay. So what they've done is they, as you said, they are creating this uh, the first million dollar putting tournament in the history of the world, basically, and they're having qualifying tournaments and they're creating these these uh, stadium venues that have live entertainment that have a twenty thousand square foot green. And then they have uh, side skills games zones that you'll be recognizing uh, some of Gulfstream's uh, technologies in. So we were fortunate enough to come across the MSOP folks at the Masters last year. And we have since formed a strategic partnership that includes an investment technology partnership. So you'll be seeing some of Gulfstream's uh, technologies in the venue um, that will be at first temporary, and then uh, and then I'm sure they will be having uh, permanent venues all over. But um, the first inaugural event for MSOP will be in Las Vegas 
It'll be on the Vegas Strip. And these stadiums are the same sort of type of stadiums you saw at the uh, Rio Beach Volleyball uh, Olympic Games. Just these massive, impressive stadiums. And the event kicks off October 27th, goes through November 5th. And they view uh, putting as the great equalizer. And then uh, they want to see how people putt when they got some pressure on them as well. So uh, we're all excited to see that. Their qualifiers have been uh, selling out. So they're doing a, a great job. And we are uh, very happy to provide our piece. I can't wait for that. And in fact, I am signed up. I believe I'm, I'm signed up. My partner was in charge of that uh, for a qualifier up here in Vancouver in a couple weeks time. So we're going to be heading out there to hopefully participate in uh, that particular event. And we will have the folks from MSOP on on our podcast in a couple of weeks time too. So I'm sure we'll be talking also about the great things that you're doing with them. I'm sure there'll be some, uh, some crossover with, with that conversation. So for our listeners, they're probably wondering about what all these amazing things you're describing here look like. So we will put in in the show notes links to all the great things that you're doing and even with MSOP of what that's going to look like as far as that temporary stadium and there's videos with that. But just to let them know right now, Darren, people can uh, go look online and the uh, your URL is playgolfstream.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And there's a uh, video showing um, the Gulfstream at the MGM Grand Experience. And, you know, it is a little tougher to, to convey the experience through words and even photos. It's a little better through video. But yes. when you step foot on our suite, you get it within two minutes. You feel the green move. You see the video game graphics project on the green and immerse you into a laser light field. And then you start playing these games and you get it right away. Yeah, immersive is a great word to use there, Darren. And it, it does tap into multiple senses, even more than, than traditional golf does. And I think that's one of the real great things about this is it, it enhances and heightens all of your senses with that. And it's just crazy fun. It's it's really good. <laughs> so I know I only have it for a few minutes more here, Darren, but I, I did want to ask you about a few other things here. This is more of a kind of a comment and what you guys are creating here more than a question. But I did read a Forbes article last week based on the National Golf Foundation's review of golf participation in 2016. And the numbers are up. And the reason the numbers are up is they are calculating golf participation now, not just from the traditional on-course participation, but also what they're calling off-course participation, which groups like Top Golf fall into, but also yourself falls into. Now, and what I really like about this is that the mindset seems to be changing within golf, whereas a lot of people still think this, but almost everybody thought this up until a year or two ago, that if you're going to play golf, unless you're playing 18 holes of golf, you're not playing golf because you can't card a, a handicap. So it's not golf. Even going to the driving range or doing anything else, it's not golf. And that that is changing. And, and so it should, because looking at something like basketball, where you don't have to be watching or participating in an NBA game to say that's basketball. You could be playing three on three with your friends. I could be shooting hoops in my driveway with my son and we say we're playing basketball and I love the fact that golf now is changing even the cultural perception of what golf is and the fact that golf stream I even think rolling golf balls and whooping it up with my friends while I'm having a beer that's considered golf and putting with lasers and other awesome things going off that's considered golf I see the future of golf and participation is no longer being a switch by that meaning either you're playing golf 18 holes or it's not golf it's either on or it's off. Well, rather than golf being a switch, golf is now a dial where you can kind of turn it up 
up and down at different levels and different volumes of what golf is from 18 holes all the way down to everything else, but it's still golf. So thank you for creating this and congratulations on not only of what you've created so far, but where you guys are going to help grow the game of golf and to change and evolve golf as we go here. Well, those are some very kind words. Thank you very much. And you also put it in a very interesting way that I hadn't heard before. And believe me, I talk about this stuff every day with people. So that's uh, that's uh, quite interesting. And I think you're right. The old guard that may have been resistant to considering golf as anything but the 18-hole traditional country club experience has changed. Jack Nicholas talks about it all the time. We need to sell golf into six-hole chunks, you know, and then there's the larger hole initiatives and things like that. I think a perfect example of it would be Ben Crenshaw, who is regarded by many as one of the greatest uh, putters of all time, but also one of the greatest golf historians of all time. Yes. So if anyone were to be, uh, you know, initially resistant to things that we're doing or uh, top golf, you would think it would be uh, Mr. Crenshaw. But as it turned out, we had him into our uh, downtown Los Angeles headquarters um, almost two years ago. I know that because it was when my daughter uh, had just been born a few days prior. And, you know, he was coming in there to sort of lend some advice about our greens and everything. And then we started playing his games. And by golly, his wife beats him in some of these games and she's having a great time. That's awesome. And then Ben's starting to turn to us and he's saying, you know what? Gosh, I had no idea this is what you were doing. This is what the golf industry needs so that I can get my granddaughters and I can play with them here and I can play with my wife. And then they will go out to the course with me a bit more, right? We just need to find ways to put clubs into people's hands, like I was talking about earlier on in the podcast. And then lastly, one of the numbers that has always just shocked us. We know how many uh, current golfers there are in the U.S. market. And you hear different numbers. Is it 27 million? Well, it's actually... Actually, much more than that, because from some studies out there, there are uh, 60 plus million lapsed golfers. Those are golfers who once were golfers and now they're not because of some barrier. And is that cost? Is it time? Is it connectivity? Is it all the things that we've talked about? But there are 60 million lapsed golfers. And then the things like Top Golf and Flying Tee and Golfstream are showing is that you have those golfers, you have those lap golfers, and then you have non golfers who have for their whole lives said, ah, it's golf. I'm not a golfer. Well, they don't say that about bowling, right? It's a ball and you throw it at pins. Well, here it's a ball and you just hit it or you try to put it into a hole. And so once we break down that barrier so that it becomes entertainment and the non-golfers don't have uh, this wall up, that's how we can grow the game among many different ways, of course. You know, I don't want to make it sound like this is what golf will be exclusively. It's not. We don't want to replace golf. We want to supplement it. We want to grow this great game. So that's my rambling and I can go on for days and days. (laughs) And and your mindset there and your approach of, I know you play golf. I think you're around a four or five handicap. Well, I, I was before children. Uh, but- <laughs> well, probably like me, even before you really got in the golf industry, the sad irony is the the more I get entrenched in the golf industry, the less golf I seem to play. It's, I thought it was going to be the other way around. What's up with that? Yeah. yeah uh, that's, yep, not really, yep. that's not really fair. I'm in but- 
Yes. But uh, you know, to your comment there of you respecting the uh, traditional format of golf, and the reason you're doing it is not to be irreverent or to desecrate the game. The fact you want to grow it and you want it to flourish. Very much the mindset of my guest last week, the CEO of the European Tour, Keith Pelly, and with mm-hmm. the experiment they did a couple of weeks ago called Golf Sixes, where they had a six-hole tournament format with teams over two days that was very short and fast and adding an entertainment layer to that but there he's not looking to replace traditional 72 hole golf tournament formats he's looking at ways to connect with that lapsed golf audience and other audiences and this is perhaps something we can talk about if i have the pleasure of having you on again darren is the untapped female market here and golf has been struggling for years looking at ways to unlock that and they look at this globally as a multi-billion dollar opportunity that no one's found that that secret sauce to and and there isn't just one solution it is a combination or adding up all of the things that are out there including what you're creating but i'd be very curious to hear so far is the feedback you've got from women and, and the participation of women at Gulfstream in las vegas guess i could answer that by uh referring it to a group we had a few days ago it was a bachelorette party right and uh they were uh they were scheduled just to go in there uh before going into hawkesan nightclub and they ended up pushing that Hakkasan nightclub reservation. And those are sort of the anecdotes that we love. And without sounding uh, like a know-it-all, we knew that this would be the case because of our prototype and because of all of the user testing we did. And we <laughs> we were not just bringing in golfing men, you know, ages 25 to 45. We were bringing in everyone. And right. we made sure that this experience translates. And, you know, it's not just about men or women. It's just about people who want to consume entertainment in a group atmosphere around nice food and drinks while they can have their TV on, they can be plugged into their phones if they want, and then they can see new technologies that change the way they consume entertainment. Well, that's very exciting to see not only the expansion of Gulfstream, but also the the market segments and demographics that uh, you guys are tapping into. So, very interested to see how this unfolds with you and all these amazing things that you have going on, uh, including in Vegas with the major series of putting coming up. Before I leave you here, I do believe that you are going to be getting into uh, into stadiums and other partners you have out there. Perhaps you can tell us quickly here what's unfolding there within the major league stadium realm. Yeah, so we... Um... We've had a bunch of talks over the last few years with the likes of AEGs and Staples Centers of the World, Madison Square Gardens of the World, uh, Patriots Place, and these uh, sports stadiums that are looking to create different forms of entertainment, and they're looking to also make their destination more than just around game day events. And so uh, while I'd love to really go in depth, we will be announcing in a few short weeks an agreement to go into one of Major League Baseball's best and truly most innovative stadiums and we will be converting one of their luxury boxes into a Gulfstream suite essentially making it the coolest and most unique luxury box experience in professional sports so that you can play your golf dream games while you watch these games and it's perfect for group events uh, corporate events it'll be for game days it'll be for non-game days when it's not sold for the entire game we may have uh, some of the aforementioned uh, tournaments for the ticket holders and and in-game venue competitions and the like so we think that this is a very interesting vertical and the partner that we will be 
very excited to share it with the world, is a perfect first partner. And maybe that just might be our excuse, Colin, for us to uh, do a part two sometime soon. Uh, well, you took the words right out of my mouth there, Darren. I, I would certainly look forward to a follow-up in a couple months' time so you can uh, divulge who that partner is when uh, you're in the position to do so. So, hey, before I let you go here, just one last thing. For our audience here, what is the best way to learn more about Golfstream and where can you point them towards so they can go look at all these awesome things that you're creating? Yes, so the best way is to go to our website, www.playgolfstream.com. You can also use our old friend Google and you can see uh, the various articles that have been uh, written up on us in the Las Vegas Review Journal, Las Vegas Sun, Golf Digest, golf.com, and there's been some TV pieces from the uh, local Fox affiliates and everything like that. You can also write an email to info at playgolfstream.com and you can talk to one of our sales team um, and maybe even one of our our founders as we are more than happy to talk through uh, the experience and the company with uh, literally all those who are interested. Wonderful. And I guess one last thing, I'm just looking right now at the Level Up page here and I see that you're able to book right there. You can reserve. I'm looking at it right now. You can actually play golf at Gulfstream with Level Up. So you can reserve your time right there if you want to. So uh, so that I'll promote you on that. So, of course, everybody, all of our listeners that do that, of course, I'm looking for my uh, my hefty commission for driving business your way. So I'm looking for As that. always. As always. Nothing in life is for free. Uh, looking for that check, <laughs> that check in the mail there. So, Darren, hey, I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule today. I know you've been running around like crazy the last while. Well, probably last while is probably the way you live your life right now. Very excited for all the things you've created and even more excited for the trajectory that you are on and the places that you are going. So, once again, thanks so much for being on the Mod Golf Podcast today. And I do look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, I had a great time, Colin. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, best of luck uh, continuing this great series and everything uh, uh, you're doing uh, with ripped links and everything. It's all very exciting. So keep up the good work. Oh, thanks so much, Dan. I really appreciate that. All right. Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Golfstream co-founder and CEO, Darren Dummett. To learn how they've created an indoor golf experience that combines laser projections and augmented reality to deliver an engaging and fun social competition activity. You can subscribe to the Mod Golf Podcast on iTunes and please rate and comment on the show. Next week, I speak with Golf Match co founder and CEO Peter Kratzios about how they're creating golf's premier social networking app. I'm Colin Weston, and I welcome your comments and feedback. You can reach us on Twitter and Facebook at ModGolfPodcast, and my Twitter handle is at ColinWeston01. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I'll see you next week.